0: seek the death of any sinner. Renew our hearts, refresh our spirits, and help us walk in your holy way, that we may welcome the impartiality of your judgment, and accept your all-embracing goodness. Through Jesus Christ. Amen. creepers third time's the charm (laughs) and now it's really low Um, with grateful hearts let us offer our gifts trusting in God's goodness Almighty God we give you thanks and praise for your love shown to us in Jesus Christ our Lord accept the offering of our lives in union with Christ's offering for us And make us humble and obedient servants who will work for your good pleasure through Christ with the Holy Spirit. All glory and honor is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen.
1: Thank you. Please rise and join in singing our doxology on page 95 in the hymnal.
0: that you have empowered us to participate in the miraculous multiplying ministry of your son. Receive now these gifts you have provided us out of your abundance, that your miracle ministry may multiply to satisfy the hungry of this world today. Through Jesus Christ our Lord,
1: amen. You may be seated. Good morning again to all of you, especially those who are joining us on Facebook Live or listening to this later on. Um, I'm Pastor Michael. I'm very happy to see you all here on this 18th Sunday after Pentecost. We have one quick piece of business we need to take care of, and it's, it's a big one. We're trying to figure out the best time to have coffee hour. So we thought, as the church council, we would come and ask you. So, by a show of hands, we're going to keep this simple, would you prefer, I'm going to tell you what the options are and then I'll tell you which one to go for. Coffee hour before church or coffee hour after church? Those are the options. So, if you would prefer coffee hour before church, raise your hand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, if you'd prefer it after church, raise your hand. perfect it's a tie all right we're gonna have coffee hour during church no um all right we'll uh <laughs> so so which one both well see that could be an option we we'll, we'll, we'll have to talk about it but okay thank you for your feedback I would like to now invite our children and youth to come hang out with me for a few minutes oh up here i know you're out there i've seen you i won't bite i promise hey what's going on they're over there do you want to go ask them if they want to come up your brother's still sitting by your mom it's all right okay so here we go ready so this month do you know what you're going to do well do you know what you're going to do with with uh, kids club and sunday school stuff you and your friends are going to be hearing some really exciting bible stories and you might have heard some of them before but some of them you might not have okay and do you think it's important for us to to remember the bible stories we hear maybe? Okay. I think it can be really helpful sometimes because there's good lessons in there and it helps us remember how much God loves us. Okay. So I want to read a story to you about Abraham and Sarah. Okay. So this is Abraham and that's Sarah. And these are some people that are with them, and those are their sheep. I don't know where the goats are, but they're sheep. So God loved Abraham, and Abraham loved God. God said to Abraham, go where I send you, and I will bless you. Abraham did what God told him to. Abraham took his wife Sarah and his nephew Lot. They packed up all their things and went where God led them. When they arrived in Canaan, God said, I will give you this land. I will give you a big family, and they will love me and worship me. I will be with you. I will bless you, and others will see that you love me. So I have an I wonder question, and I bet you're going to know the answer to it. I wonder, what does it feel like to move to a new place? So it can be sad because we miss the, the things that we're leaving and some of the people. But can it also be kind of exciting to see the new stuff that happens? Good neighborhood and a cool place, I agree, I agree. Okay, can you do a repeat after me prayer? Could we get everybody to do a repeat after me prayer? Okay. Everybody ready? Dear God, Dear God thank, you thank you for helping us, for helping us to, trust you to trust you and follow your direction, follow your direction. Like, Abraham and Sarah.
0: like Abraham and
1: Sarah. Amen. Awesome, thank you for coming up and hanging up with you buddy. I appreciate it. You can have a sucker if you want one. Sounds good. All right. If the rest of you would rise as you are able, and join in hymn number 156, I Love to Tell the Story. is a time that we lift before god and god's people the things that weigh upon our hearts and our minds as well as those that give us cause for celebration do we have any joys or concerns we'd like to lift up this morning
0: i just wanted to thank everybody that came to the barbecue last night. It was a lot of fun and mostly I want to thank Barb for doing everything she did to get this thing going. It was great. Fun time by all. Thank you.
2: I just want to say something about our Bible study tomorrow at 10 o'clock. I've heard a lot from the people who attend about mysterious things that have happened. How Ezekiel saw four-headed people, people with wills and so forth. So if you come tomorrow, you might find out what that's all about. Thank you. I have one. I talked to the Bertvas, or Teresa specifically. Good news is they got home from their vacation just fine. The bad news is they caught COVID again (sighs) while on vacation. So out of an abundance of caution is why they're not here today. So she wanted to pass that along. They did test negative before they got on the airplane to come home, which was Saturday morning they got here. So they figured they just better hang away from us another week and make sure everything's cleared up. But they're over it and doing fine.
1: But she did give me permission to pass that along. Thank you. Did you want to tell about the family, the fire? Okay. Um, So we of course are also including the, the family that had the fire at their home. Um, and one of the things I really love about you guys is you are amazing with your prayers, not just for one another, um, but for people outside of our faith community, people um, that you don't maybe even really know. And I'd like to, to ask you to keep in your prayers um, the family of Wilma Clark. Wilma was a member at Macon. Um, her husband, Ed. And his children um, lost her yesterday. Um, She passed on to glory in God. Um, Ed and Wilma had been married 68 years. Um, They actually knew each other since they were 12. And then her family moved away. And then I think it was his friend got him to come along on a blind date as his wingman. And the date ended up being with Wilma. So talk about meant to be together. So please keep them uh, in your prayers. All right, if you would turn in your black hymnals, the faith we sing to number 2164 Sanctuary for our invitation of prayer. prayers this morning when you hear me say the words God of compassion I invite you to reply with the words hear our prayer through God's steadfast compassion for us God has filled us with concern for our world therefore we pray for what we need saying God of compassion hear our prayer God you have placed a desire for truth and righteousness in the hearts of all people Uplift those who seek to live faithfully and lovingly by the promptings of your spirit, even those who do not know your name. Save them from despair and lead them to the fullness of salvation. For seekers of truth, God of compassion, hear our prayer. God, you call the children of Israel to make known your righteousness, and you call disciples of Jesus to take the good news of your salvation to all the nations. Help those who know your name to be faithful to their calling to live according to your commandments and to testify to your abounding love for all who believe in you God of compassion hear our prayer God you have formed your people into communities of prayer and service strengthen the leaders of your church especially our pastors our district superintendents our bishop and all those in leadership in our denomination and in every other. Give them humble and obedient hearts after the example of Christ, who humbled himself in obedience to you. For ministers of the gospel, God of compassion, hear our prayer. God, you have placed in human hearts a hunger to understand the structures and rhythms of creation. Grant wisdom to those who seek to comprehend the inner workings of the world save them from arrogance and enable them to work for the flourishing of humankind for scientists and researchers god of compassion hear our prayer god you fill the world with forms that delight ear and eye give artists and musicians a vision of your transcendent beauty and grant them skill to render their vision intangible works that manifests the sublime glory of your creation. For artists, God of compassion, hear our prayer. God, you establish the nations in order, sorry, you established the nations of the world to order human community, kindle love for peace among the nations and their leaders, save them from pride of wealth or power, and enable them to serve the common good. For those who govern, God of compassion, hear our prayer. God, you have provided the earth as a garden and you command the human community to till the land that it may be fruitful. Bless those called to the work of agriculture. Give those who benefit from farming thankful hearts for this good work. Help farmers to respect our common resources and to resist careless exploitation of nature for temporary gain. For those who farm the land, God of compassion, hear our prayer. God, you continue to bless us in many ways throughout our lives. We thank you for our fellowship time together last night. We thank you for all the opportunities we have to be together with those that you love and that we love. We thank you for the fellowship of our brothers and sisters in Christ, our siblings in you. For all those we love and for all the blessings we receive, God of compassion, hear our prayer. God, you hear the cry of all who are in distress. Heal those who are sick in body, mind, or spirit. We especially lift up the family who have lost their home to a fire. We lift up the family of Wilma Clark, and we lift up Teresa and Rich as they are hopefully recovering from COVID. And we pray that their symptoms would be light. Comfort all of them in their need and help those who care for them. Teach us to bear the burdens of our sisters and brothers with humility for the sake, sorry, for the sick, and those in distress. God of compassion, hear our prayer. These prayers we offer through Christ by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. And if you would please join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, give us the words of life that we may understand your way and follow your truth in jesus christ amen
0: thank you Fonda. Uh, you know i always keep calling you fonda i my brain cell gilda i don't know um thank you for your kind words uh before i I do our scripture reading. I knew I was going to forget something. We have a whole bunch of frozen catfish. And it's in the freezer if you want to take any home. Um, There's testimony by Charlene and by Gilda that it's really good. Um, It's some that had come to us when Dave and Chris went to the food bank to get our, our, our food for the bishop pantry. And since Bishop doesn't have a frozen uh, freezer that we can keep it in, uh, I bring it here first. And we usually disperse it to Bishop. But I thought, hmm, this catfish. Maybe we'll disperse it first among our congregants. And then we'll take what's left over to Bishop, or over to Brick. So and um. I'll do a little testimony, and this is not going to be easy. Uh, You've probably all gathered by now that I tend to be a type A personality. It's getting to be about an A- minus now. (laughs) I'm going downhill quickly. But um, I came to the Revelation late when I was older now. I truly believe I was put on this earth to help families in need with food insecurity, in times of a disaster, and I'm here to help this church. I refuse to give up hope on this church, and we are going to drag people by their feet if we have to to get them in here and the children, and I'll do my reading now. Sorry, just had to share that. I can't see, I cried. Okay. The scripture reading this morning comes from Psalm chapter 25, verses one through nine. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one hopes in you. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord; teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are god my savior and my hope is in you all day long remember lord your great mercy and love from day, for they are from old do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways according to your love remember me for you lord are good good and upright in the lord Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Um, Now we're going to sing the song, come to the table two times through. Believe it's in the black hymnal, number 2264. And you can remain seated.
1: Our second reading for this morning comes uh, on, starts on page 834 in the Bibles and the pews. We are in the 18th chapter of the book of Ezekiel, although we're not going to talk about the people with four heads in this one. you will have to wait and go to Bible study tomorrow. Uh, we will be doing verses 1 through 4 and then jumping over to verses 25 through 32. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you people mean by quoting this proverb about the land of Israel? The parents eat sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. As surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, you will no longer quote this proverb in Israel. For everyone belongs to me, the parent as well as the child. Both alike belong to me. The one who sins is the one who will die. Yet you say the way of the Lord is not just. Here, you Israelites, is my way unjust? Is it not your ways that are unjust? If a righteous person turns from their righteousness and commits sin, they will die for it. Because of the sin they have committed, they will die. But if a wicked person turns away from the wickedness they have committed and does what is just and right, they will save their life. Because they consider all the offenses they have committed, And turned away from them that person will surely live they will not die yet the Israelites say the way of the Lord is not just are my ways unjust people of Israel is it not your ways that are unjust therefore you Israelites I will judge each of you according to your own ways declares the sovereign Lord repent turn away from all your offenses then sin will not be your downfall. Rid yourselves of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, people of Israel? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent and live. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God would please join me once again in an attitude of prayer creator God who brought forth life and land sea and creature we come humbly before you held fast in our internal guilt suffering and broken we know that this is not what you want for us and we beg for your help send your Holy Spirit into our hearts and minds helping us to work through the difficult feelings, the painful memories, and our unrealistic expectations. Help us to find the laughter and the joy in your work and in your world. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer, amen. may god's blessings surround you with joy in your life and bring you strength during challenging times now and always this is the final week of our latest sermon series learning to love our enemies a series that that hopefully has been offering us some practical guidance and and help equip us in working to practice that kind of enemy love that jesus preached about and that we are encouraged towards even still today next week we will begin a new series called thriving but if you want to know more about that you're going to have to come next week as we close this series out I think it's really important that we that we remember just how countercultural it was, in Jesus' time, to tell someone to love their enemy. And unfortunately, I think it's just as countercultural in our world today. Now, it can be very challenging to forgive someone who we believe has wronged us. Let alone to love someone that we believed has wronged us and that we see as our enemy. When, when that kind of situation is right there in front of us, and we're still kind of processing all what has happened and trying to work through the emotions and, and everything, it can be hard to truly believe in love's ability to overcome all obstacles. Because facing conflict, often it makes us focus on the negativity and the potential pain or suffering that can result. But we also have this amazing opportunity to reflect the unconditional love of God to others. If we can name and recognize our own ability to overcome conflict within ourselves, despite what others may do. And it's that unconditional love that is always flowing around us, enveloping us, and uniting us as beloved children of God. It is that same unconditional love that continues to be shown to us again and again, regardless of our struggles or our failures with sin. Jesus said the two greatest commandments were to love God and love God. Your neighbor. He also specifically called us to love our enemies. He never said it would be easy, never said it would be simple, but nonetheless, that is what we are called to. And in doing so, again, it offers us that unique opportunity to reflect the unconditional love of god back to the world now over the past three weeks we've we've addressed the godly response to people we consider to be our enemies so what's what's left for this final week well how about for this final message we turn inward to explore the times when we are our own worst enemy. Now, I want to say right away, I acknowledge that this can be challenging for many of us to work through, but I also know that as much as God wants us to love our enemies, God also wants us to find ways to love ourselves, too. And it's hard enough to make peace with those who have wronged us Sometimes making peace within ourselves is even harder, even seemingly impossible. Perhaps no one is trying to punish us for the things we regret, but all too often we punish ourselves 10 times over and even end up hurting others in the process. And this is not what God wants for us the truth is that internalized shame and guilt can manifest themselves in in self-harm in attempts to control one's surroundings as well as other people and even in some instances results in a smoldering rage that guilt prevents peace even if others are brought to justice because It's a spiritual struggle. And it's important that we realize that and own that for us to be able to move forward through this process. In the 2016 American drama Manchester by the Sea, the main character's name is Lee Chandler, and he's been having these violent outbursts to the point that he can hardly care for his nephew because of the guilt that he carries from a previous tragedy in his life. Now, in the story, in the film, no one else is blaming him for anything, but he continues to blame himself, and the continuous blaming feeds that unrest and those violent outbursts, a vicious cycle that will continue until something significant changes. In 2017, there was a qu- 2017. There was a crime drama, Three Billiards outside Ebbing, Missouri, and in that film, the one main character, Mildred Hayes, she fights with police officers to find her daughter's killer. Unfortunately for Mildred, she also continues to replay over and over again that last argument that she had with her daughter and the hurtful words they exchanged and put on one another. Now, even though Mildred did not cause her daughter's death, she continues to carry that guilt. And unfortunately, that guilt erupts violently as she hurts others. Just like the character of Lee Chandler, this vicious cycle keeps playing over and over again. And when the internal emotional dam bursts, there are dangerous and violent actions that come flooding out, almost chaotically, completely out of control. You know, this this same internal struggle it happens in, in nightmares as well. Have you ever had a dream where maybe you're running away from a monster or, or some entity that you just know is evil and trying to harm you? Or maybe in your nightmare you are trying to escape an unfamiliar place that just has this boding of danger. Well, Nightmares are believed by many to be mental expressions of our subconscious fears, and there's evidence to support that. It's impossible to kill thoughts or run from ourselves. So fears trap us in nightmares until we wake or until we learn how to replace fear with love and laughter. Now, in our reading from Ezekiel, Chapter 18, It argues against transgenerational punishment, or punishments of sins committed in one generation that is then doled out again and again, generation to generation. An example, husband or wife commits a sin, they are punished for it, their children are then punished for it, their grandchildren are then punished for it, and so on and so forth. And that was a common understanding of some people in that time, especially the Israelites. But God refuses to impose punishments from one generation to another, which I at least think is appropriate and fair. There are consequences for sin, but, but repentance and redemption negate the need for punishment. Let me say, thank God, because punishment is almost always, always not effective. There's a book called Positive Discipline. It's a classic guide for parents and and teachers to help children develop self-discipline, responsibility, cooperation, and and problem-solving skills. And the author, Jane Nelson, In this book, she says that children do not develop responsibility when parents and teachers are too strict and controlling, nor do they develop responsibility when parents and teachers are permissive. Children learn responsibility when they have opportunities to learn in an atmosphere of kindness, firmness, dignity, and respect. And while there are always going to be differing opinions on child rearing and classroom management, I can tell you at least from my own personal experience and the observations I have made with now two children of my own, I really believe this to be true. But for as much as we all carry unique things as human beings, the things that make us a little different from each other, the things that make us us, We are still, in so many ways, also the same. People are still consumed with with punishment. Instead though, Ezekiel declares that one, we are not punished for other sins, and two, we can change our ways and live. If we let go of punishments there will be natural consequences and I know that saying that can be hard for some people to hear and even go completely against some belief systems in some ways however with a new heart and new spirit like what Ezekiel describes we may live by kindness firmness dignity and respect And then from there, forgiveness, love, and laughter can heal and open new possibilities in ways that punishment never could. But what do a new heart and a new spirit look like? I know I've been using a lot of movie references between last week and this week. But there's just some stories that are told on the big screen in ways that are, are just full of powerful and relatable themes and imagery that connect with some of the things we've been focusing on. So I ask that you bear with me for a few more cinematic examples in trying to answer this question of what a new heart and a new spirit look like. In Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, which those have been out long enough. If you haven't seen it, I'm sorry if this spoils anything, but go see the movies. They've got to be streaming on something. Either way, in that particular movie of the series, there are these creatures called Bogarts. And Bogarts are shapeshifters. And what happens is when you would encounter a Bogart, it shifts into the shape of what your worst fear is. Now... Professor Lupin, who is the current professor of Defense Against the Dark Arts in this film, because there's pretty much a new one every film. Bad things happen to those teachers. He teaches the students a spell that can change these Bogarts into something amusing or or some ridiculous shape. For instance, one of the children when they encounter the Bogart in the classroom, sees a giant spider ready to attack. They hesitate for a moment, but they get their courage up and they cast this spell. And all of a sudden, the spider has eight roller skates on and stumbles and falls. And it takes away the fear and it brings back that laughter and that joy. In The film the sixth sense which again it's been out long enough if you haven't seen it it's not my fault in that movie the main character this young boy cole he is terrified of ghosts and you can't blame him ghosts can be scary especially for children and really for adults too but he's terrified of them until until he learns that he is able to help them. He learns how he can help them. And then in the animated movie, Monsters, Inc., again, it's been out for a while, I love the conflicts, the centerpiece of this film. In the beginning of the film, monsters go into children's bedrooms either through the closet they come up under the bed and scare the children and the children's fear feeds energy back to the monster world that's how they keep their world going and the truth is as much as the children are frightened of these monsters the monsters are actually just as scared of the children because they've been told that even Even touching a child could lead to certain death. But then, as the film progresses and some things happen, the monsters find out that the laughter of children creates way, way more energy. And it leaves them feeling much better about what they do. And so, instead of going in and scaring, the children at night, they instead go into the rooms and make the children laugh They make the children joyful. It changes the entire dynamic of both worlds, really. So I want to bring this all back together and and see what we have. The good news that we can find here is that God does not want punishment. Instead, God wants a new heart and a new spirit for life. God wants us to repent and live. Part of being human is that we all make mistakes. There are times when we feel bad, but when we accept Christ's forgiveness to cleanse our souls and love the enemy within, that is when we live freely in the grace of god and let me tell you there is no better way to live there is no better way to live freely and fully in god's grace now getting there will take time potentially longer for some of us than others again we're all a little bit different But I promise you, it is worth the work and the journey. Because when we refuse to, or we just find ourselves not capable of forgiving ourselves, that's when we chain ourselves to a huge weight of guilt and pain and suffering. That's not what God wants. God doesn't want us to be chained down. God wants us to live free, to live fully. God doesn't want punishment. God wants laughter and joy and love. That is where God rejoices. When we chain ourselves to that guilt and that suffering and that pain, that brings a tear to god's eye god doesn't want suffering when we are able to work through these things with god's help and we can get to that point of laughter and joy and love when we can live freely and fully into god's grace that is when god rejoices along with us And again, I promise you, it is worth the effort, the time, and the journey you will take. Amen. I invite you to turn to pages 15 and 16 in your hymnals as we prepare to celebrate Holy Communion. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through the prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit in us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. In the United Methodist Church, we practice open communion. And what that means is that this table doesn't belong to me, to this church, to our denomination. This table belongs to one alone, and that is Christ. He's invited everyone to partake. It doesn't matter if you are a member of this congregation or our denomination. It doesn't matter if you're baptized or unbaptized. It doesn't matter your social or financial standing. It doesn't matter what your race or ethnicity is, what your sexual orientation or identification is. All those ways that as humanity, we try and divide ourselves, those boxes that we cram people into. That's not what he sees. He looks out and sees beloved siblings, cherished children of God. And all that he asks when you come and partake is that you do so with an open heart. This morning as your rows are dismissed, I invite you to come forward. You will be given a piece of bread and then you will have the choice of a small cup of juice or wine. You can receive your elements one of two ways. You can do intinction, which is a big word that means that you take your bread, dip it in your juice or wine, and then receive your elements together. Or you can eat your bread and then drink your juice or wine. Both acceptable, neither one's better than the other. Just two of the ways that we created and developed over the centuries. Brothers and sisters, the table is set. There's room for all. Come and taste that God is good. Amen. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I invite you to rise as you are able for our closing hymn number 357 in the red hymnals, Just As I Am Without One Plea. last quick announcement um i need to see a few people from our church council to sign some paperwork for charge conference so we can knock that out so if you are sticking around for coffee hour um, and you see me heading towards you don't run away loving and forgiving god you charge us saying let the same mind be in you that was in christ to god be the glory and now the blessing of god be with you the love of jesus fill you And may the power of the Holy Spirit sustain you now and forevermore. Amen.